November 17th, 2022, in Masechet Sanhedrin, Daf Ein Amud Bet. We'll start again toward the top, but before doing so, I want to just introduce it with the two Pesukim that we're really honed in on, that we're focused most on in this conversation, this Mahlok between Bine Hamya and Chachamim, if you recall from the Mishnah. Uh, the Pesukim in Parashat Mishpatim, this is Perek Kaf Aleph in Shemot, Pasuk Yod Het through Yod Tet. And we'll have to pay careful attention to it even now, but certainly more so as we go along in the sugya. The pesukim begin yamut. If a, two people are unfortunately fighting, one strikes the other be'even with a rock or be'egrof or with their fist yamut. But it doesn't bring a, bring forth the death of the person that he struck, but instead he falls into a state of uh, not being active. He's lying down in bed. He's, we would say today, hospitalized. Continue the Pesukim. If he now gets up and he's able to walk outside, Al Mishanto, we'll translate it as uh, he's just leaning himself a bit. And in such a circumstance, the person who struck him, although uh, maybe we were nervous initially for uh, other circumstances, we were nervous since he was lying and hospitalized, something could have happened uh, more detrimental. However, says the Pasuk, he needs to pay for Shevet. Shevet is the amount of time that the person missed with regards to being able to make more money. They missed work. They missed the ability to uh, be involved in business. I have to pay for that. That's evaluated. The Gemara in the 8th Perek of Masech Bavakama explains how. They need to pay for medical charges. Okay, we'll return to these Pesukim, but initially the Gemara is already dealing with these Pesukim. Rabbi Nehemiah, if you recall, is reading these Pesukim carefully and wondering out loud. He says the Pasuk is describing a fight, a fight in which there's detrimental circumstances or consequences. But it seems unnecessary for the Torah to detail vinikah hamakeh. seems unnecessary for the Torah to tell you, well, if he gets up and he begins to walk around outside, well, then the person who struck him is uh, cleansed of any wrongdoing. He's certainly not any wrongdoing. He's going to have to pay. But it seems to be telling me he's not going to be put to death. Why would he be put to death? If you didn't take the life, if a person didn't take the life of another, why would it in anyone's mind ever for a moment arise to think that we take their life? The only reason you take someone else's life is because they in turn took a person's life. Says the Gemara at the top of Dafayan Haytamud Bet. Now just three words before the end of the line. This is the words of Rabbi Nehemiah. Uh, would it for any, in any moment, rise into your mind, uh, you can't read these Pesukim in the most simple sense, that the person was struck, uh, but he ends up getting up, uh, but we don't kill the person who struck him. Would it ever rise to your mind that we would kill a person, even as they didn't kill another? Rather, the case in the Torah must be missing, uh, that meet the eyes, specific words and details. Before, and after what's being described. How so? Ela, it must be the Torah is talking about a case. The initial strike brought Betin, brought the rabbinical court to determine that this person will die. And as a result, that's our initial evaluation. Our evaluation is it's going to bring to death. However, it now got better afterwards. And that's what we read in the Pesukim, and he's walking around outside. Al Mishanto. They thought he was Terefa. They thought he was Terefa. 
Yeah, that's, a, that's an okay way to say it. They weren't certain, no, but because terefa usually will mean that a, a vital organ is severed. Let's call it goses bidesh bide adam. That's the better way to describe this. So, uh, the word im, if they come, the word im, I'm saying if you get up. That's right. Then, if not, if not, absolutely gets put to death. But again, even when he gets up, why do you need to tell me vinikahamaket? If he doesn't get up, why do you need to tell me he gets put to death? We know that already as well. It must be we're dealing with something novel over here. So he gets up uh, and he's walking around. And afterwards, he chbid vamet. The person's situation gets heavy again, gets difficult, and he ends up dying. What's the status of that individual? What do we say about that person? Says, uh, says Rabbi Nehemiah, I'll tell you what the Torah tells me. The Torah says, Shehu patur. Such a circumstance, in such a situation, person is patur, the person who struck initially, but maybe not. Maybe the reason he ultimately died links back into the initial evaluation. The experts evaluated him and said, that was a strike, that was a blow which would bring to his death. And the reason he ultimately speaking died is because of that, even though he got better seemingly in the middle, and there was another evaluation in the middle, Says Rabbi Nehemiah, the Torah is telling me not so. <laughs> according to Rabbi Nehemiah, it's similar to the snake, according to the Hachamim, that it's not a direct injection, that there's some step in between, some stage, and therefore, therefore you're patur. Is there, a, is there a time period? In other words, the person got better, so the guy who hit him, Hayah forever? He said he got up. If he got better or if he didn't get better. He got better. But then he ultimately speaking dies. There's no time frame because initially the strike was evaluated as being strong enough to bring the death. So our assumption, according to the Hachamim, is that's what brought the death. It took an extended period of time. That could be. But the strike was there. The uh, bullet pierced his heart immediately. It just took time to set in and actually affect him. The Rabbanan and the Hachamim, how do they explain this pasuk? Again, the Hachamim disagree with Rabbi Nehemiah. Their argument, their claim is that in such a circumstance, such a situation where there was the strike and initial valuation, then a changed evaluation, and then the person ultimately speaking dies, in such a situation, Hayav, according to the Hachamim, in such a circumstance, we don't say to the person who initially struck that he's off the hook. He's not off the hook. He's never fully off the hook if there was an initial valuation that his hitting was bringing forth that. How do they explain the fact that the Pasuk unnecessar- unnecessarily, in this superfluous fashion, says, Why did the Torah need to tell you? And he's cleansed. Again, Bina Hamya is a beautiful interpretation. Well, not, maybe not beautiful, but it, it fits beautifully. Uh, these words, answers the Gemara for the Hachamim, they derive from this, is at the end of a lengthy, potentially lengthy incarceration. Person is, and the Torah is hinting it to you with these words, put into prison during the interim time period. After an initial evaluation that the strike was strong enough, he leveled the blow to the extent that this person will die. The Torah is telling you, now wait. If he ultimately speaking gets out of jail, if he ultimately speaking gets out of the hospital, you take him out of jail. That's what those words mean. It doesn't mean he's off the hook. It doesn't mean that his status of potentially death row is uh, is removed. We're going to have to monitor the well well being of that person who he, whom he struck. 
The question only is, well, where was he beforehand, uh, before the person who's walking out in the marketplace uh, actually emerged from the hospital? That's what we learned from this. So the hachamim said, no, it's not unnecessary mention in the pasuk. Pasuk is teaching another halacha. The halacha is, shehovshinoto. What's that? When nervous he's going to run away in the interim. He, after all, we determined he's liable for death penalty. We need him hanging on until... And we need him hanging on until we actually determine what's going to happen. So that's what the Gemara suggests. Again, Verabanan Haivinika Makema Dershebe answers the Gemara Melame Shehovshinoto. Says the Gemara furthermore, Viribine Hamya Havisha Minale. So Rabine Hamya, he must have such a concept as well. It's true, says Nathan, it's necessary for court proceedings to sometimes, maybe oftentimes, incarcerate, imprison the person until we deal with what we think will be the consequence of their action. Sometimes it takes time, sometimes it's an extended period of time. The fact that you need to do so, the fact that it's the uh, responsibility of the Beit Din to do so, so Chachamim pointed to Vinikah HaMakeh, that's where they see it in the Torah. You must agree to that as well. Where do you find that in the Torah? Minale, where is it, it derived from for him? Yalif answers the Gemara, he learns this, Mimekoshesh. Mekoshesh is the circumstance in the Torah in Bemidbar Perek Tetvav. In Bemidbar Perek Tetvav, at the end of Parashat Shelach, there's a person whom we mentioned yesterday who's gathering sticks or gathering trees on Shabbat. One of three melachot, as we mentioned, the Gemara on Shabbat and Tzadivav, but he's mechalel Shabbat. Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't know what to do to him. And the Pasuk says that they were maniachoto, they placed him bamishmar, and they placed him in a holding place, in a prison. Why so? Because they were uncertain. They didn't know what to do to him. It means, you learn from this case, says the Gemara for the hot, for uh, Rabbi Nehemia, that you incarcerate a person when you're uncertain their status. Now we turn back to the Chachamim. Chachamim, if that's a great place to derive this law from, it's not just a story about Hilul Shabbat. It's not just a circumstance where we learn from the humility of Moshe. He didn't know everything at all times. Oh, there's more from it. We learn a law from it. So then we turn back to the Chachamim, classic Gemara style. If that's an easy way to derive this, maybe Vinikah Makeh is instead opened up for a different derasha, namely the one of Rabbi Nehemiah, that in the circumstance where there was an initial evaluation for death and then he got better, but then he ends up dying, that your Hayav, that your Patur, why don't the Hachamim as well learn from that case of Mekoshesh Itzim Biyomasha? Answers the Gemara, Mekoshesh Barketalahu. In that circumstance, it was different, it was more severe. Why was it? more severe because everyone, Moshe and everyone else, was well aware that this person is Hayav Mita. Why so? Because it's Mechalel Shabbat. The Torah in Shemot Perek Lamed Aleph in Parashat Kitisa had already told us those who violate Shabbat get put to death. Moshe was well aware of that. This is later on in the desert uh, sojourn. And so the question only was with regards to the particular death penalty. You might say when we're certain the person's getting put to death, we just don't know how, then we incarcerate. It's not just that he's a danger. He's a real danger. The guy actually killed. The guy actually did something that he's liable to be killed for. The fact that he will run away. Not that, not that it won't be part of the potential uh, ways of the betin, but is it their responsibility? Do you know what I'm saying? In other words, if, if we didn't have Masechet Sanhedrin, you would have said to me, are you telling me that if we didn't have Sukim the Torah that told us about death penalty, we never would have punished a person? So the answer is, of course we would. Uh, we have instructions to do so. We're fulfilling, so to speak, or not so to speak, fully, God's will when we judge accordingly. So it's more than anything, it's looking for the fact that this is the responsibility. This is the only way to do it. Don't come up with a novel, different way of doing it. Betin, this is how you 
you're supposed to do it. So the question is, uh, again, with regards to uh, Havisha, we turn to the Hachamim, we say, why didn't you learn from Mikoshesh? They have an easy answer. They say, Mikoshesh bar ketalahu, it was well known that he was to be put to death. Moshe just didn't know how to put him to death. This is to exclude and to distinguish this from our case, where the person has not yet died. Someone struck him. It's true there was an evaluation that he will die, but he hasn't died. We don't know yet whether he is liable for death penalty or not. As a result, say the Hachamim, this case might be less severe. We might say, in Nathan's words, this guy is less dangerous. It's less dangerous for us to leave him out on the streets. Maybe we can just monitor his wherewithal. Uh, it's not as necessary to lock him up. We don't know if he's liable for death penalty or not. Turns the Gemara now to Rabbi Nehemia. Rabbi Nehemia, so again, Rabbi Nehemia, they just knocked out the Hachamim, did your source for Havisha. Again, the Hachamim derived this idea of imprisonment, of Havisha from the Pasuk Vinikah HaMakeh. That's uh, all, all understood. Rabbi Nehemia, where do you learn it from? I learned it from the Mikoshesh, from Bimidbar Perek Tetvav, where the case was the person was on Shabbat and they locked him up. Say, so, Hachamim, that's not a good case. That's not parallel to our case. Over there, we knew death penalty. We just didn't know which death penalty. So now, Rabbi Nehemia, where do you derive this idea? You, you could say it logically, but we want to know that it's a commandment, that it's a responsibility. Rabbi Nehemia says the Gemara Yalif Mimigadef de la Havayada Ibar Ketalahu answers the Gemara for the Binahamya. His final answer on this matter is out. Oh, the truth is, here's where I really learned the idea of incarceration from the Torah. Imprisonment is from yet another case in the desert where someone does wrong, he will be put to death. We're uncertain, though, whether to put him to death at all. At the end, it's an individual. We learned about him. We talked about him quite some time earlier in the Masechet. The person was a blasphemer. He cursed God, and uh, we weren't fully certain what to do with him. Period. We weren't certain whether to put him to death or not. We knew this was not good. To curse God, we knew is a problem. They turned to Moshe. Moshe wasn't certain what to do. Moshe says, hold him up, imprison him until I find out what to do. That's directly parallel to our case. We know it's severe. We know there was an evaluation that this person who was struck will probably die. We don't know if he will die. And in turn, we don't know if we're going to put this person who struck him to death. Just like the case of Megadif. We know this was severe. We're certain this was wrong. We don't know whether to put him to death at all. Virabbanan, Sarbina Hamyal, that's a fantastic proof. It opens up Vinikah Makeh, which the Hachamim were disagreeing with you on, but maybe now they should maybe now they should agree with you. They should say we learn it from uh, Megadef, the maybe idea Megadef, of Habisha. Maybe Megadef, they didn't know which way to kill him also. It, the Gemara will the Gemara will cite a Beraita. The Beraita will make the following Derasha. There's a difference in the words with regards to what Moshe says in those two circumstances. In the situation by the Mekoshesh, the Pasuk says, Kilo forash aselo, or aselo. They weren't certain aselo, what to do to him. It means they knew they needed to do something, they didn't know what to do. Uh, by the, we'll see this in just a minute. By the Megadef, the Pasuk will say, Lifrosh lahem al piadonai, to explain to them based on God, which means I don't know that we should do anything to him. Let's find out. So it's a diuk in the Pesukim. Furthermore, we know already from the Torah. 
הגמרא, from Shemot Perek Lamedale, from Parashat Kitisa, Mehalalea Mot Yumata, you get put to death for death penalty. We never had an instruction with regards to Megadef. So we don't know that you, I mean, you're assuming, but we don't have, you know, empirical evidence for that. Says the Gemara, Verbanan. So Hachamim, how do you explain? Why is Megadef, why is that case of the blasphemer not sufficient as a proof that Havisha, imprisonment, is in place in our type of circumstance? Megadef Hora'acha Ahayeta. Megadef was different. It was a Hora'acha, which means to say it was a circumstance in which. Uh, Moshe had to act in the moment. It's not per se instructing us for generations. It's a story in the Torah. It's what took place. They weren't certain what the law was, so they imprisoned. That's not to say that that's going to be protocol for a betin, for a court uh, judgments and proceedings in the future. In that circumstance, they knew this was severe. They understood the circumstances. They felt uh, the repercussions of a person cursing God. In front of the people, Moshe says, let's hold on to him. That doesn't mean that that's instruction or we should derive from that for the future. Period. That's the end of this conversation. Says the Gemara, the truth is, what we were talking about a moment ago, Nathan and I, what the Gemara implied throughout is a beraita in an explicit fashion. And that is just the difference between Megadef and Mekoshesh. Two words that we're not always familiar with. Again, Megadef, the blasphemer, found in Vayikra Perekav Gimal. And the Mekoshesh, the person who was the gatherer on Shabbat, and in Bemidbar Perek Tetvav. Each of those cases we said were both cases where Moshe didn't know the law. Number two, the instruction was imprison the individual until we determine what to do to them. But number three, there was a difference. The Gemara suggested the Mikoshesh, the Bemidbar case, we knew he needed to be put to death, we just didn't know how. The Megadef, we didn't know at all. Says the Beraita, Kedetanya, the Beraita explicitly distinguishes. Moshe was well aware that the Mekoshesh needed to be put to death. Again, the person who did one of three violations of Shabbat. Not fully certain. He was gathering trees. What's the violation? Hotza'ah, Telisha, or Me'amer, says the Gemara on Shabbat. Shina Imar, how did, how did everyone know, Moshe and everyone else, my assumption is, uh, that he needs to be put to death? Shina Imar, Me'halalea, Motumat. We already derived that. We already learned that. The Torah taught us that. After Ma'amat Ar-Sinai, Ela lo haya the Pasuk says, Rashi makes a point of adding us those words because the, the Rasha is, we didn't know what to do, says Rashi, but we knew we needed to do. Aval, that's in contradistinction to Megadef, the blasphemer, the person who cursed God. The Pasuk says that we were waiting to find out from God. What do you mean from God? From God. Whether to do or not. Moshe was not aware of whether he needs to be put to death at all or not. That's the distinction between these cases. Okay, that being... Which death and what to do with all Excuse me, is all together. That's right. Because if I say to you, I don't know what to do with him, it means we need to do something. Right? Or alternatively, I need to speak to them because I don't know about him. That's uh, altogether different. Maybe we don't need to do anything. One of them I know we need to do. I just don't know what. The other one I don't know at all. They're the case a lot because they're, they're making it like it's impossible to be confused about the, the Mikrashesh it seemed, but it's, it's not true because he could have been Maybe he wasn't warned properly, or there could have been something else that, that was making the case questionable. Well, all those things are hasef from the Torah, number one. 
Number two, the derasha is from lo yehase, ma yehase. I understand your question. Exactly, I'm just saying. But it could have been like, maybe right. we don't put him to death. Maybe he was a dead man walking. No. Who? Like a dead man. No. Which, in which, he, which situation? You imprisoned him. Is he a dead man walking? No, but, well, again, we, we have a mountain of certain You would think it would be the opposite. The, the one who cursed God, they should know what to do with him. And the, and the Mekoshesh had seen guaranteed to kill him. They didn't know. Right. Well, they hadn't, we hadn't had instructions here. I think Stanley brought up the best question, which is the time frame. How long between but they the strike made, and the person dying it, it, it or not won't, dying? As long as there was an initial and immediate evaluation that he will die, that's considered direct enough. It means that the strike was potent enough to take his life. That means that you're Hayav Mitai if he ultimately speaking so dies. You, what if you kill the assailant and the person lives? Not miraculous. We can't. That's why we're incarcerating him. We don't. We, you may not kill him in jail until we, until we determine. He, if the guy's in the hospital for three years, that's right. We incarcerate him for three years. No, no. If he's released... Oh, so once he's released, once he's released from the hospital, that's the Pasuk in the Torah. That's exactly that. All right, says the Gemara so now. You die of old age two years later, and they'll say it's not a direct correlation. Again, that would be a debate. The debate if they could determine that it was really because of old age, right, that's one thing. But if we're uncertain, he got he seemed to have gotten better, but then deteriorated. Rabbi Hamya says he's cleaned. Uh, we had a second evaluation. The Hachamim said if the initial evaluation was that it was strong enough, even though it met the eye as if he was walking around and better, he wasn't better. He looked like he was better. That strike was still inside his system. It just took time for it to come, come out, you know, take him down. All right, says the Gemara out now, we're going to go back to those Pesukim. We're going to notice two extra references in the Pesukim. It's somewhat of a technical Gemara, but I think we should be able to do this somewhat swiftly. Uh, the Pesukim, again, I'm, I'm going to quickly read to you the Pesukim and point out to you what the Hachamim see as extra words, which in turn will talk about what they are doresh or question with regards to these words. First and foremost, the Pesuk says, again, So it's, it's circumstances, if a person strikes another with his fist or with a stone. Next word, velo yamut. That next two words seem to be unnecessary, and he doesn't die. He doesn't die. I mean, that, that much we can gather from the continued description. The fact that the next pasuk says, oh, well, next words are v'nafal mishkav. He's lying down in the hospital. It means he's not dead yet. Why does it say velo yamut? So that's one uh, two-word reference that the hachamim look at and question because everywhere in the Torah we want to be purposeful and specific, why are those words there? Then the Pesukim continue and they say, Im yakum, if he'll get up, and these next words again, seemingly unnecessary, vihitalech bahutz al mishanto. Why are those words necessary? To tell you, if he walks outside uh, afterwards, al mishanto, while leaning on, why is any of that a necessary reference? Say in the next Pasuk, Im yakum, gets out of bed, if he's uh, released from the hospital, Whatever the specific details are uh, with regards to Vinikahamake, which we find out afterwards, it's a second unnecessary, too detailed reference in these Pesukim. Again, number one, why is Pasuk say Veloyamut? And number two, why do you need to fill in those details of Vihitalech Bahutz al Mishanto? This is in the eyes of the rabbis, two references to. To umdinot. We saw that word umdina several times. The word umdina means to evaluate. It means that the hachamim are reading into these words, velo yamut, evaluation number one. What do you mean evaluate? It means there was an evaluation. We determined 
or we determined it's not strong enough or it was strong enough, but he ultimately speaking didn't. That's the first evaluation. At the very least, we're not certain exactly what the evaluation is about. Those words were a betin, a court's evaluation. The second time it says, is another evaluation. It's not just describing what he did. Imyakum is describing what he did. It's an evaluation. He's now either walking around healthily or maybe helping. That's, so the Gemara now understands that these two extra references are a reference in turn to two separate umdeno, two separate evaluations. And the Gemara goes back to the Bina Hamya and the Chachamim and says, let's try to understand why the Pesukim would be referring to other evaluations in this circumstance, according to your two opinions. Let's read it through. Bishlama, it's understood, let's recall for a moment again, Rabinahamya's particular opinion. Rabinahamya's opinion is, with an initial evaluation for death, the strike would bring to death. However, a separate evaluation afterwards, that this guy's doing all right, he's walking around on the street, cleansed. What do I mean? Cleansed in the Torah, he's now off the hook for death penalty, the person who struck him. That's Rabbi Nehemiah's opinion. Says the Gemara, I understand in turn the twofold reference to evaluation in the Torah. How so? That's why it says, two evaluations in the text of the Torah. Had, the first one, Amaduhu Limita Vehaya. The first one is a reference to where the evaluation was after the initial blow that he would die because of this strike, but he ends up living. That's a necessary statement to tell me. Keep in mind, that's not the case we've been talking about at all until now. What have we been talking about until now? We've been talking about evaluated for death, got better, and then ultimately speaking died. In this case, he never dies. Amaduhu limita, but he lives. Why would you think that he's liable for death penalty? Says Rashi, you maybe would have said, Listen, you, not you, I'm pointing to someone else, this guy, you struck him. The evaluation was he's going to die. You want to know what the status of you is? We should kill you. The fact that he's living, well, that was Borei Olam, loves that person very much. But you, you're not liable for that. I don't care if he got up and walked around afterwards. But that's the first one. The Torah is telling me, says Rabbi Nehemia, that you're not liable for death penalty. If he ultimately... Oh, listen, it's, it's one of these derashot in the Gemara where not every detail will per se be easily read in, but the fact that the Torah is in a veiled reference telling you there's more we're trying to teach you here than meets the eye, so that's what he picks up on. So he says it's even, he probably learns that from the first one, and the second derasha that he makes is, the second case would be our circumstance. He was initially evaluated for death, he ultimately speaking got better, but then he again uh, goes down in, in health and dies. He's patu in that situation as well. Rabbi Nehemiah would set himself up and feel very settled by saying that's the two extra evaluations, Pesukim. Number one, evaluated for death and he lives. Number two, evaluated for death, lives and then dies. In both of those circumstances, the person who struck him, although they'll need to pay severely, they are off the hook with regards to death penalty. What happens the other way? What if the first evaluation says he's, he's okay? He's going to live, and he ultimately speaking dies. Yeah, and then so the Gemara will explicitly talk about that, and the Gemara will say, 
patur. That will be the answer for the hachamim in just a moment. Because keep in mind, for the hachamim, we're going to ask them the same thing. We're going to ask them, so why do you need two evaluations? First evaluation, I get. You're going to say the same thing. Banan, hold on to your thought, Stanley. Tere um lamali. Why do I need two evaluations? Had, the first one, I get it. Amadu lemitave haya. That we need. It was evaluated for death. The ultimate speaking lives. You would have said, ah, Kadosh Baruch Hu, what a Hadov guy. He loves him very much. That's why he's alive. That's not because of you. You struck him to, die, to death. You should be put. No, haya. Had, here it is, Stanley. Amadu lehayim. They initially said, that strike, I know you're a strong guy, sir. I know you struck him with all your might, but he wasn't strong enough to kill him. This guy's going to get better. But then, ultimately speaking, Vamit, he passes away. So who said... The first evaluation or the second? Only one evaluation. Ah. Only one evaluation. It's a second of two cases of evaluations. Amadu lehayim Vamit, in such a circumstance, he's off the hook. Says the Gemara, how do we get that? I was like, that's, that, that makes sense. Everybody said, of course, when I answered you that way. You gave us a whole newfangled, uh, out-of-this-world case. You said there were two evaluations in one case, right? It was an initial evaluation for death, but then they reevaluate. he's going to live, and then he ultimately speaking thought, why don't you just do it like this? Hachamim have a fantastic terasha. Hachamim say, the first one is Amadu lemitave haya. second one is Amadu lehayim vamet. Rabbina hamya. That case? Come on, Stanley, that's a question. That, uh, we don't need a pasuk at all for that. He walks out of Betin alive. What do we mean by that? The initial valuation exonerates him. You're okay. No double jeopardy. There's no. Uh, that's where uh, there's no returning the din. The Gemara Rashi cites it on Daf Lamid Gimal Amud Bet had a derasha. The Gemara over there, if you recall, said Minayin la Yosemi Betin Zakai. I'm reading from Rashi. He's quoting from that Gemara. Ve'amare had yeshli lelamid alav chova. What if we had a court proceeding and we determined Zakai? He's off the hook. He's not liable for death. But as he walks out, or days after, or months after, some, I want to reopen this case. I think he is Hayav and Mahazirin Oto. We don't reopen the case. Shineemar v'sadik al-taharog. The Doresh from Pasuk v'sadik al-taharog. If there was, as very different than Western law, if there was an evaluation in court, if there was a determination, it was court proceedings, Dan Chalash, Shalom Ali Yisrael, says Rabbi Nechemiah. That's the law over here as well. Western What's the evaluation the if they're not no, sure? Reopen. It's called no double jeopardy. Oh, no double jeopardy. Oh, that's where you're from. Literally a term. Got it. So you have to open it in a different court? In other words, what happened with OJ? You are freed from no, murder, from, uh, from, from death row, other claims. Only capital punishment. The guy's hunting him down. What if they're not sure if he's going to live or not? What status is that? There's no value. The uncertain. They're making a decision. No, that's how you You get hit. You're sitting there. Not sure if he's going to die or not. So it's a question. You're not going to be able to sentence him to death. Unsure, it's going to be suffix. Er is on the side of, 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 of free. What about the witnesses come with something no, like that? Still no. I mean, we dealt with this there, but generally speaking, the answer is no. You closed it, it's done. You may not reopen it. And as a result over here as well, you're right. Yours is much better than over here, right? Over here, they did a full evaluation that he's the Hayim and he dies. Okay. Over there, you're saying they someone... Uh, the Gemara is very clear. If they try to reopen it, you're not going to reopen it almost under all circumstances. All right, that's really what settles this issue. Now the Gemara is too bit, I thought, to just close out our Mahloket. We'll read one of them with regards to Rabbi Nehemiah Hachamim. According to both opinions, you're not opening. According to one opinion, you might open that case. 
case. You never. The never. question only is, do I need a pasuk to tell me not to reopen it, or I already know it from 33b, you know? That's the point. If Bina Hamia says, I don't need a pasuk, the Hachamim say, no, that's my second umdina. Says the Gemara, Tanura Banana, have a beraita. Hamakeh et havero ve'amaduhu lemita. Here's our case. He was struck. And the initial valuation was the strike was strong enough to bring him to death. The Haya, but he ends up living. This one we know the halacha. We mentioned it both according to Rabbi Nehemiah and Hachamim. Potrinoto. He's patur. He's, uh, you're off the hook. Again, uh, you're going to have to pay uh, severely. Uh, again, uh, you're in trouble. You're still not a good person. But ultimately, I'm, I'm sorry to call you that if that's what you did. But ultimately speaking, there's no death penalty. Why is there no death penalty? Because the evaluation was that your strike was not strong enough to bring him to death. Why would you have thought maybe you do get put to death? I said it twice, I'll say it one more time. Because you would have said, explains Rashi, Borei Olam is just having Rahmanut, he's just having mercy on that guy. But what you did, you're liable for death. Maybe, no? What if the initial valuation was that the strike was strong enough to bring him to death? But then he got better. But then... He ultimately speaking dies. This is our mahlok, this is the mahlok of Nehemiah Hachamim. Says the Mishnah, says the Beraita over here, Omdinoto Omecheni. Initially, you do a second evaluation. He's doing better. What's the second evaluation for? Limamon, monetarily. You determine now how much money did do you, does the first person who struck that person owe him? How much is it going to be that the damage costs? How much is the pain? There's, there's five things we evaluate. Nezek, Sa'a, Ripui, Shevet, and Boshet. Again, the Mishnah at the beginning of the eighth Perek, Masech, the details of all of them. We'll talk about one or two of them over here, but it's with regards to pain. It's with regards to business laws with regard to embarrassment, psychological, so on and so forth. There's five valuations. That's what we mean when we say mamun. Vim laharken, if afterwards he chbid vamit, if he afterwards, uh, it gets worse and he dies, halech ahar omedem sa'i. You go based on the second, meaning the second evaluation. What was the second evaluation? That he's going to live. Whose opinion is that? We know that opinion. That's Rabbi Nehemia. Just as re-articulating in different words, they say, Now we know Hachamim's opinion. Hachamim say, one evaluation, chalas. It's over. En omed ahar omed. You don't accept a second evaluation after initial. Initial evaluation is going to die, and he does die, there's no second evaluation over here. First evaluation is all there is. Would he be liable to financial uh, 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 as well? Financials as well? No. That's the halakha. We've talked about several times. Which means we give the stronger of the two punishments to the person who's liable to two, two, two punishments. If it's death penalty, that's all he gets. That's the statement in turn of the hachamim. Alright, we'll see uh, tomorrow, the, the next beraita, and then go into the mishnah, which brings us into Something different. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen. Amen. Bihanam.